understands philosophy to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now, if we express any form of incursion in any way, what we do is that we speak forth what God has done. The spirit will reenact it in your life for your present experience. Now, John continues speaking about this as he goes down. And then begin to now make us understand what it means to partner with this spirit. Because the problem with many is that they can't partner with the spirit. What did John say? He says, we know that anyone who is born of God, who has this spirit, does not sin. Mm -hmm. That's the truth of the matter. <laughs> it's there. If you have your, you can read it yourself. We know. John is like it. We know that anyone who is born of God, who has this spirit, does not sin. But he who was born of God keeps sin. This spirit will keep you from sin. It will keep you. It's the Holy Spirit. You have to impress that spirit. You have to cooperate with him. And the evil one does not touch him. Where does the attack come from now? Then where are the fears? Why are we so scared that the evil one will touch us? If you allow your life to be wrapped up by this spirit and you cooperate with this Holy Spirit of God in you violently, because the devil will do everything in his power to make sure you violate the love of that spirit. It is this struggle that is called the good fight of faith. Work and toil to impress the spirit. He's resting to your heart, but he needs your cooperation. Yes, he wants to conquer your mind, he wants to conquer your emotions, he wants to conquer your body. He wants you to think like him, he wants you to operate like him. It's possible. If he can't conquer you, how can he fight for you? The only fight what belongs to him. The only defense what has finally entered his own ambience. So John is going to report that if truly he is in you, he will keep you. Amen. Amen. And so, he will keep you from danger. He will keep you from the darkness that is wrapped in the world. He will keep you. But not alone. No more like I say, wait, wait, wait. Don't go yet until I have sent the Spirit of my Father. And they received him. They received him. He has not gone back. He is the one behind all this to have been here. He's more real than we can ever think of. He said, we know that we are of God. And the whole world is made part of the evil world. John is right here. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding to know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And then this gives the last warning. See, little children, keep yourselves from God from idols. If we go out God will ever do everything he has said. 
His spirit is ever there for us. That's the same spirit of the Eucharist. You see, there's no way I can teach about the word of God that I will not link it to the Eucharist. Because the Eucharist, we receive him in three phrases. We receive him as a person. We receive him in his nature and his life. We receive him in his spirit. The Bible says, as many who are in union with him have one and the same spirit with him. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. Let us believe this. We are blessed. Where we dwell, there's no bondage. There's no mental bondage. There's no worry. What is a sign that your mind is still not under the control of the Holy Spirit? Because you'll be injecting joy, peace in your mind. Joy, peace, tranquility in your mind. Let him conquer your mind. Submit your mind to the Holy Spirit. Let him sanctify your mind. The Bible says, receive what? Love, power, and sound mind. This is what the Spirit gives. When you receive him in the Holy Communion, he comes to your mind. He comes to your emotions. He will conquer your emotions. All these unnecessary pain here and there, he will heal all of them and take over. But that means that same emotions must not be yielded to the demands of the flesh. The same to your flesh. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He owns it. It is his personal property. Paul says, your body does not belong to you. Whoever destroys his body, God will destroy that person. And if we do yield to him, he will keep us. He will keep us in the morning. He will keep us in the afternoon. He will keep us at night. You can see the sleeping, he will keep you. You will pass through the valleys, the of death, he will keep you. Hey, they say this place, ah, if you pass there, you, you receive, he will, he will keep you. You see, you pass through the water, I'm there with you. You pass through the fire, I'm there with you. By the Spirit, on the strength of his understanding, David said, even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, do you know the amount of the shadows of death you have in the world? Do you know, can you see them? You can see them. People pass the place, and after passing the place, they get one sickness. Someone will pass through somewhere and get mental. There are pockets of darkness in the Holy Spirit, over, everywhere. Our assurance, our strength, is that we have the Spirit of Jesus. The overcoming Spirit. The indefatigable Spirit. The healing Spirit. The Spirit of light. The Spirit of victory. The Spirit of work in us. The Spirit of resurrection. We have it. It's in you. Be blessed by the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Refuse to fear. Refuse to be intimidated. Refuse to complain. Refuse to be in despondency. Why should you be hopeless when you have the Spirit in you? That Spirit is more real than money. It's more real than gold. It's more real than any name you can bear. It's more real than any certificate you might have. It's more concrete than any connection you may have. That's the treasure we carry. Paul said we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. It's inside of us. It's a treasure. If you don't treasure it, you will not reap the blessings that are in the It's a treasure. You have it. It's inside. Celebrating more than anything that the devil is bringing around your life. You may have family issues. You may have buckets of troubles facing you right now. God has given you the overcoming spirit. He's inside of you. Oh, if you think your own has depleted, today again you're going to renew it. 
as you come before the Holy Communion and you receive the Bible, the priest says, the blood of Christ, you say, Amen. You are receiving the Spirit again. Every day you are enacting the government of that Spirit inside of you. Believe in yourself. Believe in your faith. And above all, believe in the investment God has put in you. He, have, he has given something. He has given something. He has put it in you already. Is there to be worked out? Work it out. Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation with faith and confidence in God. Don't allow your sins to calm you down. Don't allow your worries to bring you down. Don't allow the names and all the negativities around you to, to downplay your confidence. God loves you more than you ever think. He has plans for you. All these good things to arise. Arise. You are heading somewhere if you don't know. You are heading somewhere. No matter the situation, God is doing something with your life. And as you have been darling and moving, whether you are moving fast and moving slowly, you are heading somewhere. He will perfect the good work he has started. This is our confidence. And so at this mass, as we proceed, there are hearts before Let this spirit continue his work. Whatever they will have said no before, they will say yes to him. And surely he will not abandon us. Today, because we celebrate the baptism of the Lord, this celebration marks the end of the Christmas season, marks the end of the Christmas time, and ushers us into the ordinary time of the church, the time we celebrate the fullness of life. And then the day of opportunity is given to us to reflect deeply by the help of the Holy Spirit the things of baptism. What is baptism again in our lives? Almost all of us are baptized. What is the impact of this spiritual ritual in our lives? Why did Jesus himself allowed himself to be baptized. And so I trust the Holy Spirit to us deeper and to stir the grace of this baptism we have received. Many of us have received many years ago. Some were baptized as infants. Some were baptized as adults. Because basically all of us have been made to pass through this spiritual initiation. So pray for deeper understanding. It's good to have the background just to underscore what baptism is again. It is a Christian spiritual right. It is a Christian spiritual right of purification or of renewal and admission. into the Christian life of God. It's a Christian spiritual right of purification or renewal and admission into the life of God. By act of sprinkling or immersion into water. It's an act of 
represents spiritual right of purification or renewal and admission to the life of God by act of sprinkling or immersion into water. This lays the foundation of the Christian life. Baptism lays the foundation of the Christian life. Going deeper and deeper, it is the gateway to the life in the spirit. It's the gateway into the life of the spirit. By invitation, the life of the spirit has been oblivious, and so it is a gateway into that life. And having passed through the gate, it is a spiritual rebirth, rebirthing, to give birth again, rebirthing. It is a spiritual rebirthing. of this proactivity. It is the highest form of initiation in the whole world. In the midst of the multiplicity of different forms of initiation we have, be it from tradition, from culture, or even some level of diabolical form of initiation, baptism continues to remain the only authentic and the highest form of initiation. Why? Because it originates from God. And no one surpasses God. After taking baptism, it is to be a misnomer to go and take another form of initiation. Because you have taken the highest form of initiation. No matter the type of initiation is involved. And on the strength of that initiation, other sacraments follow. Without baptism, other sacraments are null and void. They lack capacity. So it's on the strength of the baptism that confirmation comes, attendance comes, ordination, every other views on the structure of baptism. It's the, like the mother of all initiations. It goes across cultures. Nations, languages. Finally, understanding the nature of baptism. Baptism completes the betting of the humanity. The betting of humanity. Baptism completes the betting. Or the human family. With this last um, point, it is good that we underscore clearly again the essence of our creation and why baptism is the completion of the birthing of the human family. God created Adam and Eve. The Bible says He blessed them. After creating them in His own image and what? I can hear you. Good. He blessed them. So there's a blessing. 
Again, he spoke to them and said, Increase and multiply. And we'll be able to decipher clearly that the word increase and multiply doesn't mean one and the same thing. There are synonyms that depict different meaning. Increase and multiply. The first one, increase, means increase in knowing the God who has created you. Grow in your knowledge of God. Grow in the grace God has put in you as man and woman. Grow to maturity in God. Just as we are all born as children, and when we are like, when you are born a child, you don't know much. But as you advance in age, and then as you get educated by your culture, by the school, by your environment, you go into maturity, and then you have the ability to interact with the world, and you will conquer it, right? So God is saying, increase in that dimension in the realm of the spirit. Grow and on the strength of your growth and understanding yourself in God, multiply yourselves. Are we together here? If you don't grow to discover who you are in relation to God, then if you multiply yourself, you multiply yourself based on the level of where you are. You cannot give what you don't have. That was the agenda of God. But man fell. Man did not grow. Man did not discover himself in God. Rather, even the little heart, he lost it. Then, on that full state, he started multiplying himself. So, the betting of human beings from Adam didn't carry the fullness of the picture God desired. That is why when Jesus came, he said, unless a man is born again properly, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Are we together here? Yes, Good. So it is this rebirthing that completes what Adam could not. That will guarantee the human person to exist in this realm and free destiny and be relevant to God in the last of the world. So as the first Adam failed, the second Adam came to complete what the first Adam failed. And now when the second Adam came, we must identify the one who is going to restore the liberty that Adam did not carry out. And God told John, if you see the one that received the Spirit, he's the one. And that is why Jesus had to reenact this baptism, which is the process of bringing back what was missing in my family. Praise the Lord. Jesus himself as a person did not need it but he had to inaugurate it now that he has shed my flesh and blood he had to be the first to pass through it 
and to inaugurate it and enact it and sanctify it so that as many who now pass through this process, all will be properly run as it were. The betting will be complete. That is why when he came, John said, No, Master, you are supposed to be the one to baptize me, not me baptizing you. And what did Jesus say? John. Let us fulfill all righteousness. John did not see from any angle. And then when Jesus stood into the water and was baptized, when Jesus inaugurated it, heaven had to not finally respond. From the time that was created until Christ was baptized, heaven never got opened. That day, heaven got opened. The, the spirit of God that was supposed to be part of the growth of Adam that will give birth to every other human being. That spirit now and descending to Jesus. And then God confirmed it. This is the, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him because he's coming to correct the mistake. Baptism is our baptism. Our baptism is his own baptism. So when we were baptized equally, that voice that spoke did not only speak for Jesus. God was invariably in Christ, in your own baptism, saying, This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. In whom I'm well pleased. Praise the Lord. It brings you into the realm of the spirit. It ushers you into the family of God. It completes the rebetting that was lacking in Adam. And that incomplete rebetting that took place in Adam was overthrown by original sin. And that is why when we are asked in our catechism, what is baptism? Baptism is what is a sacrament that cleanses from what original sin makes us what Christians makes us what children of God. I forgot already. You forgot already? How many things of baptism do to us? 
Oh yeah, the board is what? Uh huh. Which one comes first? True of God or Christians? Which one? Comes first, the following of Christians, right? Which one comes first? Christians. Which one Christians or which one children of God? Which one comes first? Those who say true of God, let me see your hand. Those who say Christians, let me see your hand. Those who say none at all, let me see your hand. Those who don't believe their hand at all, let me see your hands. So he said, baptism is a sacrament. And we say sacrament to us, outward sign of an inward grace. The signs are the activities of the rituals. The inward grace is the spiritual activity that goes on in the soul of the person who receives baptism. It's a completion of the person's belief. You must believe before you are baptized. And even when you are baptized as an infant and you don't believe, the faith of your, your, your parents covers you, or your person who is standing for you, covers you until you get matured to receive back the back of faith from the person. So it's a sacrament that brings grace into our hearts. I just want to just a little bit on that which the grace of baptism does to us. Because that's the foundation of our Christian life. That won't make the difference. So the first one, the first grace is that it cleanses us from original sin. Then from there, we are taking it to the realms where it makes us what? Christians. Then from there, it initiates us towards the family of God. And eventually, it endorses us as what? Members of the church. The cleansing power of baptism here is not the water that is poured upon your head and washed away your sins. No. The nature of a thing that is being washed will determine the way it was washed. You don't wash grease with water. You must add what? Soap or homo. There are some, even some type now that uh, even if you use soap, it doesn't go. You must use clean, not just alternate homo. And sometimes when you use homo, it doesn't go unless you boil water. Okay, because of the nature of what you want to cleanse of. So what is original sin? And how does baptism deal with it? For those of you who have been coming for retreat and all that, who have always tried to elucidate that. It's part of the retreat program for those who have been coming for retreat. As many of you have come, who have, have joined the date. And it will opens your eyes to understand what has happened to you when you were baptized. And see the reason why God will speak from heaven. This now is my beloved son. This now is my beloved daughter. In whom I'm well pleased. The original sin is the curse Adam received when he disobeyed. What is that curse? God said, Adam, because you have listened to your wife and have been eating all the food that was forbidden. He said, cast me the ground. By the sweat of your face you will eat. Continues. The ground will produce thistles and tongues for your food. And remember, you are dust. And not dust. Serpent, why have you done this? 
Because of God is your cast beyond all cattle. You shall crawl on your belly. And you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Woman, because you have done this, in vain you shall have your children. You shall perpetually remain on your husband. And many other things. But the one that interests me so much in this, the consequence of the fall, is where God told serpent and said, You shall eat dust all the days of your life. And told man, You are dust. And unto dust, you shall return. What can you make of this statement? Serpent, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Man, you are dust. And unto dust, you shall return. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What do you make out of it? Serpent, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Man, you are dust. And unto dust, you shall return. Is it getting clearer? What does that imply? Your guess is as good as mine. That serpent will eat man all the days of his life. Whether man is alive, he will eat him. Whether man is dead, he will eat him. No one that death reigns because of sin. That curse is what made man become subject to Satan for years. And where there is sin, there is death. And where there is death, there is condemnation. Where there is condemnation, there is judgment. Where there is judgment, there is limitation. There is frustration. There is futility. There is vanity. There is sickness. There is weakness. There is sorrow. There is pain. How was this curse cleansed? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 14, that just as the children share in flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared the same. Wow. You mean this estate? In this same dust life? Yes. The human nature became a dust nature, the fallen nature that Satan will eat as he likes. Anytime he wants, he will kill. No one that Jesus told us his profile. He has come to do what? To kill, to steal, and to destroy. He could just go to any person and take the person's life. Destroy the person's destiny. Because as many who are in the flesh, as many who are human beings, have become dust because they have disobeyed. So the Bible now says that Jesus himself just as we share in flesh and blood, he himself came and shared in the same, in the same dust life, flesh life. Even though he did not sin, but he shared in our flesh. He brought himself into the ambience of the flesh category. The weight of the dust life also affected him. He was hungry. He was weak. He was thirsty. He cried. Even though he did not sin, but the consequence of sin he felt it. He felt the pain of the scourging. Does God feel pain? No. Does God feel hungry? No. So he shared that human nature. The Bible now says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, say, he who knew no sin, was made sin, 
that we may become the righteous ones of God. Wow. So he shed in our flesh and blood that through his death, he will destroy the one that has the power of death. You need to get this in your spirit. This is our faith. When you say you have faith, it means you will know this truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You must get this. So Jesus shared in my flesh and blood that through his death, he will destroy the one that has the power of death, which is the devil. Whom God said, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. The devil is remanded. And anyway, he sees the dust human being. You do what? You will eat him up. He can eat the child from the womb. He can eat the human who is alive. He can go anywhere and take anybody. He can strike the person who talks of sorrow. So Jesus took flesh and took our blood nature, became like us, and died on the cross. That through his own death, he will destroy that power of original sin. That power that gave the devil right to eat of man beings. What a great mystery. And then to free all those who through fear have been bound in bondage. The fear of death, the fear of sorrow, the fear of all kinds of things. Because fear is the phalanges of the government of Satan. The currently of the government of Satan is fear, 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 fear. He deposits fear in the heart of men and women. So Jesus broke the power of death. He broke the power of fear by his own death. So when Christ died, death died. Wow. When Christ died, the devil lost his scepter of destruction. When Jesus died, the devil left his throne. He was dethroned from his throne. So he can't go and kill anyhow any longer. He doesn't have that power again. Legally. It's a great mystery. You should know it. David saw this many years, 400 years before Christ came and said, ah, if that is going to happen, I don't need to wait until it happens. I'm tapping to that economy. I shall not die. I shall live and recount the goodness of God. For six battles, for the six wars, he came back. So that's how the original sin was dead. And we say that mass. John the profession of faith. Dying, he destroyed our death. Rising, he restored our lives. Lord Jesus, come in glory. So, we receive that same grace that worked in Christ when he died. At baptism, that same grace is plunged into us. That's the inward grace we receive that confirms it in our soul. As a first country grace. So having destroyed the power of the one who has who has the key of death, then in his resurrection, when he was rising, 
He received a life from the Father. That life that God gave Adam to grow with, and he failed, that life was restored in Christ. I remember before he died, he gave us his flesh, gave us his blood. That one is complete, right? That body, and, that body and blood is complete. I want it not complete. That I said, I've come, but we have life. And have it uh, abundantly. Then I was to have it complete. To have a complete life. Because we've been living without the incomplete uh, life. So when he gave us his flesh and gave us his blood, he gave us his own life. That's the second grace that confirms what makes you a Christ person, Christian. So the snake nature, the serpentine nature, the disobedient nature have been taken away. He died with Christ on the cross of Calvary. So I will receive, receive the Christ nature. What now says in Second Peter, he says, we are partakers of the divine nature. Can we escape the corruption in the world? So that what makes you a Christian. It's not because you belong to St. Bernardine Catholic Church. That makes you a Christian. It's not because you go to Mountain of Fire and Bible Ministry that makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is that you have a nature of Christ now planted inside of you. You're no longer under the government of the old nature. There's a complete rebellion now that taking place inside of you. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That will make you So we are now partakers of the divine nature. We are now complete in our rebellion. We are now born of the Spirit. God now, when He looks at you, He doesn't just see the flesh of Ravinsen, He sees the Spirit of His Son inside. I'm not complete. Before then, I was empty. And that my emptiness made me to be vulnerable to all kinds of things, to the corruption going on in the world. But with this rebellion, some value has been added in my life. I'm no longer vulnerable. There's something about me now that is what? Special. On account of the nature of Christ in me now, God can look at me and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It is this that gives me the audacity to be a child of God. So the second grace now comes to come. The third grace now comes to confirm me now a child of God. Because I have the DNA of God inside of me, if you like. I have the blood of God. I have the flesh of God inside of me. If it is confirmed that I don't have it, then I'm not. I'm a bastard. Just like what is happening today now. <laughs> and it's shopping everywhere. There's there's fear now everywhere in marriages. DNA now. If you, if you, if you mention DNA now, trouble has come. Tension is everywhere. It's only happening in the regular spirit for those who say they are children of God without a proof of it. So on account of the fact of having the nature of Christ now, we have, we have been conferred children of God. John says, beloved, we are now what? Children of God. But we don't look like it now. 
But when he comes, we shall see him and we shall be like him. We will resemble our father. When he shows up, we say, ah, I'm like him. Because we will see your true nature. For as he is, so we are in this world. What a glory. This should stir you up. Build you strong. You're not a vagabond. You're not a bastard. You're a child of God. God knows you. He knows your name. He knows the address of your house. He knows the details about your life. He knows the number of nails you have. He knows the number of hairs in your head. He knows that detail. And he said, no one of them falls without his permission. Without his permission? That's serious. He said, none of your hair will fall without his permission. If he cares so much about, well, I have so many, when I say millions of hairs on my head, and he cares about one, then that means that I'm, I'm really very serious in his eyes. Now, when God's children on earth here, the Father's grace is the grace that confirms us as members of his own family on earth here. God is a jealous God who preserves his own people. So we're brought into bear with four quantum grace. The first grace is what that confesses the death of the oppressor, the devil, in our lives. And ushers us into the nature of Christ. The second grace confesses us with the nature of Christ. And the third grace confesses us with the what? The power to become God's children. As men that receive the nature of Christ, he empowers them to become God's children. On account of that, we're on earth here. Then we are a family, have a family name, Ecclesia. A fourth grace comes for confirm you. I belong to this family. You have a name. You are baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. That's why I say baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are now a member of the family of God on earth called the church. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Now, now says, we have come to Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the garden of God's own children on earth. Okay, why Mount Zion now? The city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Where innumerable angels now come to fellowship with us. We have come to the general assembly of the firstborn sons and daughters of God. Whose names have been what? Registered in heaven. My name is registered there. I'm a citizen. They know me. They know my height. They know my color. Amen. 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 Your immigration passport. Don't they have all these details? They will measure your height. They say he has a light face. Uh huh. Or brown face or oblong face. Black face. <laughs> and all that. With your picture there. Well placed. They take your fingerprints. They have your details. If ugly world has passed away, can have that detail. How much will heaven? Heaven will have even the details of your spirit. Everything that will be put in your passport. Whose names are registered in heaven? Meaning now we are a member of the heavenly court. That will back to God. That's why God can say, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. God is pleased with what has happened to us in Christ. This is the good news. John says, It's not our love for God, but God's love towards us. The baptism of Jesus is our baptism. It reminds us again to remember who we are in God. And 
And on that day, this thing happened. We vowed and said, I am dead Satan. And all his works, and all his bombs, and all his empty promises. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe, I believe, I believe. Because you believe on this account, the Holy Ghost went to operation and brought you to these four quantum graces. And initiated you into a realm that no initiation in this world can ever compare with you. That is why the principalities of the whole world can gather, they can touch. We are baptized into Christ, and Christ is baptized into God. Wow. What a glory we have as Christians. You can't have this and still be living as if what has happened. No, it's not possible. This was Stead Agatha. This was Stead Lucy. This was Stead St. Francis. They didn't have any physical thing to boast about. They boasted about the treasures God has put inside of them. They were filled with joy. They were filled with happiness. They said, we shall die for this God who loves us this way. And the more they live within the grace and the economy of this life, the more God was manifesting his miracles to them. God wants to use his nature in you to touch the world. Are you about that? He has put his nature inside of you. He wants to use that nature in you. We think it is what we are doing to God. You are trying to please him. You can't please him. He has pleased himself in you. In Christ Jesus. I don't think you know what I just said now. I don't think you know what I just said now. You are thinking you want to please God. You can't please him. From where? Where do you get the promises to please him? It's like an ant trying to please you. Can an ant please you? No way. Even the ant wear coat, would he please you? But you can decide to make the ant your pet, right? You will be petting the ant, between the ant, and then the, you can even decorate the ant, you can even paint the ant. You are making yourself happy in the ant. Not the ant. It's not the ant that is taking the action to please you. John said it's not our love for God, but God's love for us. He's taking pleasure in looking at us and making himself happy in us. And he's only asking you, allow me to be happy in you. See? That's why he gave us his nature. We are partakers of the divine nature. What did Jesus do? That made the father say, This is my beloved son. Did he do anything? He only allowed himself to be a prototype of the man he desired to have. That's just it. Jesus became the first, the second Adam that behaved well. He said, This is my beloved son. This is the type of son I'm looking for. This is the type of person I'm looking for. Who am well pleased? He pleases me. I can see him. My spirit is in him now. And from then, the spirit led Jesus. After our baptism, we were baptized into the spirit. We have to be led by the spirit and no more by anything around us. It's the language of the spirit that you should be listening to. You should program yourself to listen to the spirit. Why are we having issues? It's because we have not allowed the Spirit to lead us. If the Spirit leads you, you make no mistake. I tell you, Jesus made no mistakes. Even in the midst of difficulty, it is the Spirit that will tell you the truth. It's called the Spirit of truth. The world will tell you things, but the world doesn't have enough information to give you about any situation. They will give you based on what they have within the limit of experimental error. Every theory they have, they will tell you within the limit of experimental error, plus minus. Meaning it's not exact. We are only guessing that it's between these to this, you know, within this. Guess what? I mean, guess what? 
But the spirit of truth will reveal everything to you. This is what we're celebrating today. That God is pleased with us. We are sons of God. We baptize through the Spirit. Our rebirth is incomplete. What was lacking in Adam has been renewed in us. The good news is that man has been reborn again in Christ Jesus. Whatever was lacking in the first Adam is not completed in the second Adam. These are prototypes. What happened to him happened to us. Amen. Amen. On the coming of this, we can walk out into the world. Why others are saying we are dying, we lack something? No. The first thing he says, what did he say again? He said, um, from the book of Isaiah, hey, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. The first Adam thirsted, he didn't have it. He didn't have it. But now in Christ, we have received. And he who has no money, you think he's talking about the Naira and the dollars? No, we're talking about economy, the real essence of life. Come and buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, you see. You don't buy with money. You say buy without money, without price. There's no price in it. It's not commercial. It's a gift of God. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? The real bread is not the one you eat. The real bread is the one that satisfies your soul. There are people who have plenty of food in their house but they can't eat. And look at they eat, they're not satisfied. There are people who are very, very rich but they're still very, very poor. Because what? Money does not make you rich. Yes. Money is not a paper. It's a value attached to by a country. You know? You think when you have money, you have everything? No. No, no, you're doing it wrong. You are trying to use money to buy the essence of life. And God is saying it's a gift I've given to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And labor for that which does not satisfy. We labor for things that don't satisfy. Say, listen deeply to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in a rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Yeah, and your soul may live. Wow. There's so much to, to dwell on today in the readings of God. That when you and set you on fire, that will burn up every worry, that will burn up every fear, every intimidation. In the face of the nonchalancy of life, there's a boldness that comes into your heart that keeps you floating in both circumstances and situations. They say it's burning, you're laughing. They say it's dry, you're laughing. They say it's wet. Condition does not change the condition of our heart because you're no longer under the government of darkness. You're now under the government of light. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, this is what our baptism implies. Now you are baptized. Now you have been brought into this realm. Graces have been put into you. You are now full of grace. And those graces are there on a mission to actualize the dream of God in your life as they have done in Christ Jesus. And submit yourself to that grace day by day. Walk in that grace. Live by that grace. Live in the economy of the life you have received. That life is inside of you. If your faith does not turn it on, the power in it will be unleashed. That power will reach out to every nook and cranny of your life. It will sustain everything you do. It will sustain every work you will work on earth. It is an invisible force that many come for. 
if you watch all those people who are into negative uh, forces, they will tell you, ah, this person, a very bad man, who say he gets plenty channel, okay, or he's into all kinds of things. If he shows up, you sit around him, you sit in physical. But as a, there are mystical experiences like has. And it is those mystical experiences that he engages in his day-to-day uh, -day activity. Right? Goes. We do. We're not going to own a diabolical, own a supernatural. It's with us. We've been initiated into a class, into a realm of God, where we and I should operate from, that sustains our day-to-day -day life, sustains our health, sustains our family, sustains our career, sustains our dream, sustains the words we speak. We are taking from an economy of what God has deposited in us, so He can be glorified. It's a little light so shine that men may see it and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are so blessed, my dear Lord. We are so rich in God. God has deposited Himself inside of you. The era of darkness is over. Baptism is the greatest instrument of deliverance. Anyone who is baptized has been delivered. You don't need all this all this deliverance thing that is going on there. It is unbelief that is making us to keep thinking that we're in the, the bondage of Satan. Because it's so one dream like that. Ah, I need deliverance. Yeah, they say I'm going to die. I need deliverance. Ah, my job is not working well. I need deliverance. No! You are not taking the economy. You are not tapping from the place you have inside of you. The Bible says, from his fullness, we have received grace of grace. So now the grace of received, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Okay, grace will be too abstract. Eh? He says, uh, grace, I don't know what I have to say. Okay, the communion you have been receiving. Do you know that in the recess, you are supposed to stand like this and push will come before you and start bowing down because you are a very big tabernacle standing. Do you know how many communion has entered your heart? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's say that all the communion you have been receiving since the day you were baptized and received communion. Eh? Let them all show up your body now. Eh? In a glass case. I don't think that here. No, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. Some people are busy sleeping. Just imagine all the communion will not enter one big ciborium now, and there is a glass ciborium. You will see that you are a what? You are a tabernacle. And everybody should come around you and be like this. But that's what it is. You received me yesterday. He's there inside of you. If you see all these years inside of you, the same Jesus, who are too loaded to complain, who are too enriched to be afraid. If we believe truly, we are too loaded to be scared and intimidated by anybody. If we believe that the same Jesus will receive the communion, it's the same Jesus. That was in Galilee, that was living inside a boat, and the wind came, and there was tossing in the waves, and the disciples said, Master, don't you care? If you believe in the same Jesus, that they woke up from the inn where it was lying sleeping, and he stood up and said, Wind, peace, water, calmness, the same Jesus, now he's lying inside your boat. He's sleeping there, enough of him. From the day you receive him to today. Ah, no. On the same strength, you can say, no way, no way. It's possible. 
So we need to understand this. We need to understand this. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is what the Lord is telling up in us today to remember our baptismal initiation and where God has brought us in. That's why God is expecting so much from you. There must be a difference between you and the person out there who is a Christian. Clear difference in your words, in your actions, in your dealings. Yes, lifestyle. Be it spiritual, be it physical. There's something you that should govern your life. The people of the world can complain, not you. The people of the world can be scared, not you. They don't have what you have. They don't have it. They don't have it. The world is complaining and coming and putting their thing in their head. You too. You even join them and say, hey, that's so, that's so, mm, this world, eh? What you gonna do? Mm, we will just hope, hope, hope for God, though. No, 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 no. You are hoping for God when inside you. Oh, I love the plan of Peter. What I have, I will give you. He recognizes he has something. The same Peter that denied Christ. Something happened to him. What I have, what I have. John said, Greater is he within me than he is in the world. That should be our language every day. That should be our conception every day. Stop being constantly religious to a fault. Be spiritual. Be spiritual. Every day, allow your life to be governed by the spirituality of Christ in you. Every day, take the glory of Christ in you and exercise it. Jesus, because you are here, I can face this trouble. Amen. Amen. Let the Lord do something. He has, he has, he's inside of you and asking, go and do it, I'm with you. I'm with you. The world can complain, not you. Yes. Yes. You may have the same experience, but you are going to have different testimony. Yes. There's a flood everywhere. Everybody's house is in water. Hey, 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 hey. What are we going to do? Not you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Because you know in your own situation, something is working out for your good. For them, it's working on what? Death. Your own is working on life. Like a pregnant woman at level. She's under pain, but something's going to come out, right? That's our journey as Christians. That's our journey. Allow the grace of receiving baptism to conquer you. That grace of receiving allow to conquer you. Conquer your flesh, conquer your imagination, conquer your mind, conquer your body. If you don't yield yourself to allow that grace to conquer you, then any part of you that is not conquered can be conquered by Satan. That's why you must walk it out every day. Every day you stir that grace. We are blessed with the grace of baptism. We thank God for giving us this opportunity to be be born again in him. Our hopelessness has been cleared up. There's a living hope we have now. God has settled us. Amen. Amen. God has settled me. I don't know about you. He has settled me with the life of Jesus. Remember, I have come that we have life. I have it now. This is the record, Miss Corinne. Say, this is the record. I will have life. Even though we will believe the report of men, the report of God is better. I think in the last three weeks, this reading has come up to almost to four times. This particular reading, up to four times. Why are they repeating it so much? They want you to catch something. God wants you to catch something that is committed to you. Say Christ lives in me. Say Christ lives in me. Say it's not in heaven. So I'm arguing now. But what do you mean? It's not in heaven. 
Is it heaven or is it is here? Where is it? Huh? Praise the Lord. Where is Christ now? I'm asking a question. Is it you or is it heaven? Is it heaven is in me. He's seated in us. The heaven you are seeing there is in you. He said, when you open the door for me, I and the Father and the Holy Spirit will shall come and make a home in you. Heaven is not a physical thing, it's a state. It's a true state. That's why as you look up here, somebody in Canada is looking the other way. Okay? Christ is in us. He lives in us. He works in us. Let us become Christ conscious. When we allow that to happen, it flows through us every day. He makes us to us every day. And you reach out to everything that concerns us every day. He is ever there. He is ever there. He desires us to, be, to find expression in our lives. And so at this mass, we want to thank him immensely for the grace to reflect on this great spirit of rebirth that he has given us through baptism. Where he has put so much in us and he invested so much in us. And we can't afford to fail him. We are vowed that the devil will not have expression to us but him. Day by day, we will tap from the strength of the spirit to go to live and witness for him in everything. At the end of it all, God is going to glorify us based on how much of our love Christ to find expression to us. May God bless us in our hearts through Christ.